Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This segment was presented by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. What's going on, everybody? I hope everyone is having a great day so far. I'm here with a very special guest. We got Danny New. If you're from the Jacksonville area, man, this guy is going to be the next Howard Cosell. I guarantee <laughs> Danny, welcome to the Believe in the You, man. It truly is an honor to have you on. Hey, thank you, Paul. When you said, hey, do you want to come talk about Miami stuff, even though it's may and not everybody is nationally but you can't stop thinking about it do you want to vent publicly i said absolutely i do i actually need to yeah i think after the fiesta bowl everything just went downhill and it was just venting time for the university of miami fan base in 2002 it's been a rough 15 plus years and it's been a lot of venting but hopefully manny diaz can ride the wave take us back to the promised land I don't know. I'm always uh, hoping he can. And then after every single, well, after every bowl game we lose, which has been repetitive, and we just spoke about that, I, I tend to be venting again that we may not get back to our glory years. But that's what we're here to talk about, Danny. We're here to talk some Miami Hurricanes football. And, you know, Danny, you're from the state of New Jersey. A lot of people from the Northeast do apply to the University of Miami. It's like a pipeline, you know, is that Northeast area goes to University of Miami. They can't beat Coral Gables. Nice and sunny. Why did you apply to the University of Miami? What was kind of the the background to your story of becoming a Miami Hurricane? Yeah, I mean, nowadays there are three kinds of Miami football fans. And two of them were alive in the 90s. And then I was sort of alive in the 90s. Most fans either lived in Miami and were like, this is our team anyway, and we love them even more now. Excuse me. Um, I have to clear my throat sometimes. The second reason is because you watch us nationally and you're like, those guys are cool. They're my team now. Or there's me, which is you're from Princeton, New Jersey. <laughs> and you flocked south like most fellow Jews do. Shout out to my fellow Jews who flocked to Miami to retire early. But for me, I knew I wanted to work in TV and now I host a TV show. Uh, called Daytime for NBC in Tampa, which is nationally syndicated. So for me, um, I knew that Miami had really good TV stations and my University of Miami would be like the number one school there with FIU um, and Barry to get those internships. That's why I wound up there. And then I ended up working at NBC in Miami by my sophomore year. And I got to cover um, 
the beginning of the Mark Rook era, the end of the Al Golden era, and which was more fun to cover was LeBron was there. Like <laughs> I covered Dan Campbell and I covered um, Phillips, Coach Phillips at the uh, Dolphins, but LeBron was the cool part. Miami um, showed flashes, but after the Clemson game, it was a little raw. I was at that Clemson game, and I were you? At, did you attend the game as well, Danny? So it's funny you say that. I was I didn't really miss any games when I was there, but that specific game, I I was an RA and I was on duty. So I, if I wanted to go, I'd have to switch shifts, and I was like, "There's no way we win this game." So let me stay home for this one, so I can go to a game we have a chance at. But I didn't think <laughs> that it'd be fifty-eight nothing. Yeah, I, I remember because I when I went to the game, I was my a good friend of mine. His name is Kiko, and he actually previously attended Clemson for a short while. So he was like, "Look, I really want to go to this game." I was like, "All right, just come with me." And like he had a bunch of his friends back in Clemson coming down for the game. So we were, you know, pre gaming, tailgating, whatever you want to call it. Um, probably had a little bit too much to drink, as normal. Good. <laughs> I miss those days. I miss those tailgating days. I, I'm I'm fantasizing about you seven years ago. <laughs> so the stadium wasn't packed by any means. I mean, it was fairly empty. And I just remember just from the first drive, it was like night and day. It was like Clemson was just a different animal in Miami. It was just, well, you know, that you're a Miami Hurricanes football team against Clemson. Brad Kaya gets knocked out of the game. I think he broke his collarbone or there something happened where he got knocked out for a little while. And then Malik Rozier took over. Like you said, I mean, I did, I thought it was going to be, you know, Hey, at least compete. Like this was just, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. 58 to zero. That would, it kind of reminded me of North Carolina this past season. And rightfully so. I'm glad we got rid of Al Golden and, you know, I think that was probably one of the lowest points the program has been at in quite a while. Yeah, and it, it kind of had some echoes with the Clemson game this year yeah. a little bit, sadly. Uh, however, I just kept reminding myself that whole game, hey, this is still better than 58 nothing," And Manny survived that game. I went um, to that game in Death Valley as well this past season. Oh, really? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Okay, can you can you stop going to the Clemson games? Because <laughs> it all adds up, Paul. I didn't go to the I didn't go to the to the ACC title game. Okay, well by that point our team was so banged up, like we didn't have Mon Richards anymore. Uh, we didn't have Herndon, or was it Mark Walton? Yeah, we was he hurt? Like he each hurt. of our skill positions top player was out. So that you know, there's an asterisk on that and the Pittsburgh game for me. Personally. You have a theory on the Pittsburgh game. I'm I'm yes. curious. You told me about it. I, I want everyone else to to listen because I feel like this could be controversial. Yes, everyone says that we choked that game and we should have won, but we were extremely injured. We like I said, Amon Richards was out, Herndon was out, and Mark Walton was out, and you had Malik Razier, who was a mobile quarterback. He showed a uh, sort of dynamic ability that Brad Kaya did not, but he could not. Um, throw as well as Brad Kaya, but he had other advantages that he showed in the Notre Dame game, which is the, the most signature one we've had in 10 years. Um, but without his skill positions to help him, it just wasn't going to happen. So I I still think we should have won that game because Pittsburgh wasn't that good that year. They're awful. But I, could, I can find an excuse. There's a little bit of an excuse. But it, it does always feel like 
like after Thanksgiving, like it's always like around Thanksgiving when all the students are gone and the campus kind of loses its energy. It always feels like our team kind of dies down a little bit the last week or so. Yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, Miami, they tend to win consecutively, lose consecutively. And, you know, we're playing a lot of ugly games. And maybe it's around that holiday time around Thanksgiving. You want to be with your families. I don't know what it is. But usually, usually what happens, Miami, in my opinion, plays well when they're at home at Hard Rock Stadium. But when they go to Duke, when they go to Pittsburgh, which are usually the two main opponents during that time, it's going to be fairly a lot colder than what you get in Miami, obviously, and the weather's usually not going to be good. Like, we lost to Duke in 2019. I was at that game as well. It was cold. It was rainy. It was windy. I didn't want to be there. I left after, I think it was fourth quarter when they threw that um, late touchdown to kind of seal the win. I was like, look, the weather sucks. This team sucks. Dan Eno sucks. I'm gone. I can't watch this anymore, okay? I've, I've lived through the 2019 season. That That's a wrap. Um. The same thing with Pittsburgh. It was snowing that day, freezing cold. It's never warm in Pittsburgh. Let's keep it real. Um, so I think it has to do with the weather and just being flat for the game because it's not a marquee opponent, and it's the last game of the year. Do you, do you think um, with our new multi-million-dollar indoor practice facility, they could just turn the AC down to <laughs> 40? I don't know if that's even possible to simulate the cold a little bit. You know what's funny? I think someone mentioned, and I hate not sourcing someone, but they told me they don't use it as much as you think they use the IPF for. Like, they're not in there 24-7. Really? Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting. I mean, they're not going to play in that atmosphere, so I get that. I remember covering the Dolphins, who also have an indoor practicality, and Davey on the Nova Southeastern, you know, Nova Southeastern campus. And they would go outside a lot, too, because that's where they're going to play. So it's not always that helpful. It helps because South Florida has a thunderstorm about every eight hours. It takes 30 seconds to arrive. It's at a torrential downpours, enough to make a Noah's Ark reproduction, and then five minutes later leave. So they need that just for when it thunderstorms. But in reality, they need to simulate the heat so they can have an advantage over Boston College, over the Carolina teams, over Louisville, who aren't used to playing in Florida humidity. And that's where our advantage comes early in the year. Danny, this is going to be a very broad question, but what do you, Hit me. why can't we have the advantage over subpar opponents? You know, why can't we just go in and dominate? What's been lacking? Because this past season, it's been a lot of ugly wins. We were in a shootout with NC State. That Virginia Tech game was... I was going to go to NC State immediately because oh. you can ask my neighbors... Like, I was screaming Mike Harley's name. I was so excited about his 50-yard touchdown to win it, you know? But at the same time, it was like, I had to scream for Mike Harley in the fourth quarter of an NC State game. Right. Why did I have to get to that point? Or, I mean, honestly, like, one of our, like, I know this is a weird, uh, this is an oxymoron, but one of our worst wins in the last couple of years was the Central Michigan game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Where I was like, why is it this close? And if I had to answer that question, whew, okay. I guess since we're doing a podcast and you asked me a question, I should have an answer. But if I was good enough to have an answer, I would have a clipboard and a headset. I, I, I do think that 
um, we tend to play to the level of our opponents. Like, with the exception of Savannah State and FAMU, who it's okay if we beat FAMU by a lot because their band is 10 times better sometimes. <laughs> you know, they look the best band in the country. So shout out FAMU and the Rattlers. Um, we just don't like, we don't cupcake. We don't know how to do it. And I, here, okay, here's, a, here's the real problem, Paul, with me trying to, I'm dancing around the fact that I'm not at the point where I want to trash talk Manny Diaz yet. I'm not there. Because we were talking about Al Golden, I would have said that we just had a special teams coach who didn't really know how to step up. And if we had Mark Richt, I would have said that we were too set in our old school ways doing draw plays on third down from the goal line. But now that we're on Manny Diaz, I, even though he still doesn't have a signature win, I still just believe in him because of how well our defense was under Mark Rick, which was under Manny Diaz, and the fact that he just seems to get Miami so well that I don't want to blame him yet. So my answer to you is that I don't want to answer you. I'm scared too. I think everybody like wants Manny Diaz to do well. But I don't know why something in me, I feel like a lot of people can't envision him winning a title and having success at Miami. Nobody wants to think negatively, but I'll be honest with you. I'll be very surprised if Manny Diaz takes us to the promised land. He wins a national title because due to the fact I'm big on this, I cannot envision it. I truly cannot envision Manny Diaz holding up a national title trophy, taking us to the college football playoff and beating Alabama. I will be completely in shock. It really would. I, I don't know how we can go from giving up, committing 130 yards in penalties against Clemson, giving up 800 total yards against North Carolina, and then doing a complete 180 and beating Alabama first game of the season, and the rest is history. We're sailing the ship. We're winning the ACC title. We're competing for the national title game. I'm sorry. It's it's just too much. Too many. Too much of a turnaround, and I, I truly can't see it. And But that's just my opinion, and I could be completely wrong, or I could be right. That's the beauty of this sport. That's the beauty of this upcoming season. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I think that's all, why we all love college football. Can we, I'm going to Google this. Can we look up Dabo Swinney's first couple records with Clemson? Wasn't the best. Very shaky. And I was there when he lost by like 50 to West Virginia. I think it was like 70 to 30. And that's a great example. I mean, I, I, I hate what people Seriously. just... People will pick out outliers to explain possibilities, so I don't want to be that guy. But at least in a conference, there aren't going to be a lot of examples because there's only a finite amount of teams. So when you look at the team that really stands in our way the most, which is Clemson, they at least are an example of a coach that didn't do so well early on and found his footing. Um, it's just going to come down to recruiting, right? Because like every time somebody from Miami picks a school that's not Miami. We're like, it feels like a loss. Like it, it feels worse than losing to Alabama. Cause I expect to lose to Alabama, but I don't want to lose anybody from Miami. Like Teddy Bridgewater, like Antonio Brown, that hurts. Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he was committed to Miami for so long yet, you know, he decommitted, I believe when Randy Shannon got loose, when he was let go. You know, and is that what happened with Teddy? Yes, Teddy Bridgewater with Eli Rogers as well. They were part of Miami Northwestern's um, high school team. And, you know, when Randy Shannon got fired, they went on over to Louisville. 
I think they even beat us in a bowl game as well. I could be wrong on that. Without I, I think so. I remember because I'm from Jersey. We played Teddy Bridgewater in a bowl game with Rutgers and lost. Well, and then Brad Kaya's first game was in Louisville, and that was their first yeah. game without Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And I don't know, even though like Brad Kaya showed more promise than some of the seniors ahead of him, like thrusting him in that situation was a really hot take to be like, hey, it's your first game. Go play in Louisville. <laughs> I, well, there's a theory behind that. A lot of people, a lot of the personnel inside that football team, this is very well known, that Al Golden wanted Brad Kaya to be the starting quarterback so he can buy more time. Because a lot of them said Ryan Williams was ready to go. Or maybe even Jake Heap over Brad Kaya. That Al Golden was pushing for a freshman quarterback so he can have more time at Miami, kind of lay off the pressure. Mm, a lot of people were saying that about Brian Nagy. Or Matt Na- Is it Matt Nagy? Who's that? Or the, the Bears coach. Oh, man. I, I'm not, they traded up for Fields. I have never been a big NFL guy, believe it. Oh, okay. But they, they traded up for Justin Fields to buy himself more time so he wouldn't get fired. I mean, it, it's a good strategy. You, hey, look, I have a you know a rookie quarterback, underclassman quarterback, you know? Give me time. Let's develop him, and then let's see what happens. I mean, man, I Brad Kaya, like, I know he wasn't mobile, um, but it was just cool to have an accurate quarterback. It was dope. He was look. He had a high football IQ, like you said. He was fairly accurate. Had a decent arm. The only thing is that he was a sitting duck in the pocket. The offensive yeah. line broke down every single time. I remember vividly. I think it was against Florida State, his junior year against Florida State, and we had we had them by the ropes. Man, there were times the pocket would break down, and he they got to him. And unfortunately, you need to have some mobile ability ability because you know another example is mike lennon he was like six foot seven he was a quarterback nc state that guy rocket of an arm got drafted sitting duck as well man it's very tough modern day football unless you have an elite offensive line you got to have some mobility well that's why it's interesting because you you saw brett kai which was all pocket passing no running and then you saw malik razier who was more running less pocket passing and then you got the dr king and it's kind of like he is the combination of both where he can run, but he is extremely accurate. If we could just, if his receivers who I believe in can play to the potential, I know they have, then he could, the numbers he would have are Heisman worthy. You, you want to hear something about Brad Kaya? Um, his freshman mm-hmm. year, he was, he was in the same class, I believe as Patrick Mahomes, um, same underclassman. And I remember he was putting up numbers at, um, at Texas Tech, and I remember, I think there was a guy, I used to see him when I worked out at the Wellness Center. It was one of Brad Kaya's friends. Um, there, he was doing video. I forgot his name. Um, I, and I told him on Twitter, I said, hey, Patrick Mahomes, watch out for him. He's going to be better than Brad Kaya because he was hyping up Brad Kaya, and Patrick Mahomes was putting up gaudy numbers at Texas Tech. And he's like, nah, man, that's because they don't let Brad Kaya throw the ball 50 times. The rest is history. Are you flexing that you doubted our quarterback? <laughs> you pumped about this? It's Patrick. What podcast Mahomes. you on? It's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> That's fair. I'll make yeah, a Patrick I'm... Mahomes podcast. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> In retrospect, like it's like no. Listen, people doubted him when he got drafted. So like 
that's a huge win for you. You can always hang that on the mantle. It's on my wrist. New, yeah, you knew you'd be good. But just like in retrospect, it's like the idea that you were like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is better than Brad Kaya. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but Kaya was an improvement for us. Oh, completely. Um, yeah, I mean, Stephen Morris had an amazing arm. but Outstanding. And he was mobile. I think he got injured. That was his issue. Yeah. He, like him and Phil Dorsett together was perfect. Like that's exactly what he needed was the fastest player in the league. I was at that game against NC State where it wasn't considered a Hail Mary because there was still time left. Do you remember what I'm talking about? He dropped like a 55-yard pass with like 17 seconds left. I think the game was tied. This might have been the year before I got there because this is the irony thing. It's like now I'm Canes all the way, but like if it's before I went to school there, which started in 2013, I might not know it. And I know 2012 is the year before I got there. I will tell you this, though. When I was deciding which college to go to, Shane Larkin really helped me make my decision. Really? Because that was that year. It was two things. A, the U documentary came out that year. Okay. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I have to go there. And then B, I picked on one of my March Madness bracket, which did not work thanks to Marquette and Vander Blue. Um, but I was just like, because I wanted to go into television, the fact that I could be at a school that's not a big school, it's still a private school, it's still 7,000 undergrad, but have these programs with such history, that's why Miami's so cool. So that's why I don't remember that game, but that sounds awesome and about right. And none of your friends are going to Miami either, right? No, only one of my, my high school to go. Um, but it's funny because my parents always want to visit me because they're like, oh, you're in South Florida? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to be in Delray. What do you know? <laughs> I feel like everyone in the Northeast has a home in South Florida. <laughs> yeah, or they want to. They're, they're working towards it. Yeah, yeah. They, they want to be. I was in Brickell like last weekend. There was some random girl. I was in line and she was like, she was from New York because there's a lot of people now moving to Florida from New York. She's like, yeah, I used to come here all the time. I had my family in Hollandale. I was like, oh, I feel like that's typical. <laughs> <laughs> um, isn't it funny to think about speaking of that era, the idea that Hard Rock didn't have shade yet? Yeah. Like that we didn't think of that, that for a while. That was awful, Danny. Because I remember my. My worst memory of it, my so you obviously remember this, the Florida game, the Jeff Driscoll, where we beat Florida and they were ranked. That was my freshman year. What'd you say? There was a baseball field during that time. The Marlins were still playing there, I believe. It was, it was around that time. This this they is they just the, moved. They just moved they, out. Yeah, that was their first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was their first year. And it was my second game ever at Miami. And the Florida game was a noon game, which is a death sentence. Uh to your melanin so i didn't know i was from new jersey i wasn't aware that for some reason florida <laughs> is, is just closer to the sun i don't know but i've never been more sunburned in my life than that game and it was amazing we beat florida jeff driscoll i think got sacked like what eight times yeah but i like the idea that we didn't have shade yet is murder that was murder it's just crazy. Like, I don't know why they took down the orange Bowl. I know. I understand you never were able to like watch a game through there. I know. And, and it's, it sucks like that in Woodstock. I wish I 
take a time machine and be like, oh, I get it now. I can say I was there. I, but now I'll never get it. I'm a new fan. I'm a new era fan. And I welcome you guys to mansplain to me. <laughs> but man, like the Orange Bowl was just, it was, it was just holy ground. And that transition period of moving from the Orange Bowl to, it was called Pro Player Stadium at the time. Who the hell even knows? They changed your name like every five minutes. Uh, that transition. <laughs> Sun life. Yeah, exactly. So the new stadium really hurts the program a lot. In the sense of, you know, you're playing on a baseball field. You took away that home field advantage because it was a lot bigger of a venue. Um, it was very difficult to sell out unless it's like marquee games. You know, I, I really think the program took a hit during that transition time. And, you know, it is what it is. I think the renovations are better. But look, man, all I'm going to say is this. The Miami Dolphins and the Miami Hurricanes have not been relevant since they moved out of the Orange Bowl. I'll leave it at that. They're never relevant at the end of the season. We keep being relevant for like a couple weeks. It's, it's and then a something lot of goes wrong. Smoke and mirrors. We're undefeated. We're seven and zero, but we're really, we're really not that good. We haven't played anyone. And then but we going beat- going into the Clemson game this year. Do we what well, we beat Louisville and Derek King of like six touchdowns. And then was that Louisville? Or am I thinking of two years ago with Jeremy Williams? No, this year. That was believable in Florida. Well, this year would be Florida State by like 40. And then we crack the top 10 and play Clemson. Well, we we would have to play Clemson the ACC title game this year. No, I'm talking about this past year. Oh, yeah. This past year, yeah. Like that, that's an example of like. Yeah, I think we were, we were like five and oh. Yeah, we were like five and oh. Four, we just beat Louisville. We beat Florida State and then going into Clemson and just. Yeah, we were uh, – what's the word for it? Um, embarrassed is a good word. <laughs> Annihilated. Yeah. However, I I'm, maybe I'm just a homer, but, like, that whole game, I was like, yeah, but our D-line's doing really well. Like, if we could just get some offense together. Like, our defense is doing enough. <clears throat> you can't give up 130 yards in penalties and win in Death Valley. I mean, that was yeah. the sentence for that game. And Trevor Lawrence was picking us apart. Oh, it was but he wasn't in the beginning. Like we had, he almost he threw a pick and it was a dumb penalty. Yeah. Like we had life. We did, we did. I th- I just I think Brett Venables. I mean, I think he just out outmatched uh, Red Lashley's kind of game plan. I think he threw in the towel, man. I really do. I don't think he had answers for Brett Venables throughout the whole. I game. think Red Lashley, who is a genius in many ways, he just didn't realize how big the gap in the offensive line to their defensive line was like he had plans and they all revolved around having a good offensive line i'll tell you what we were successful running the football with dear king i think he was our leading rusher that game what if we incorporated dear king running the football a little bit more more design runs through dear king's way i'm gonna and everyone at home you can um picture this but i'm gonna give you the sound that comes out of my mouth every time dear king runs the ball hit me because I'm so terrified. And now, like, we, we spent the whole year going, I really hope he doesn't tear his ACL. He's running really well. He's strong, right? He's got big thighs. I think he'll be okay. And he's like Saquon Barkley. He's really muscular, too. And then they both tear their ACLs. So I'm, I'm cool with De'Ara King rushing because he's really good at it, and it opens up the offense. He's so good at everything. I just really hope he slides now. We don't need the extra yard. Just slide. I need you. I, I love you. I care about you. 
How do you feel about Derek King going for the going into the Alabama game? Are you worried? Are you nervous? I mean, terrified, as any parent should be. That's my child. I bleed for Derek King. I love him so much. I he's everything we've wanted out of a quarterback. So like we have we have two options, Paul. We can either rush Derek King back to play the greatest team since the two that like. They're the most dominant school since we were the most dominant school. Alabama, coming off a championship, rush D.R. King back for future NFL defensive linemen to come after him, or we can rush Jake Garcia into his first game. That that sounds worse. <laughs> That's right. It's like Jake Garcia seems like I don't want to call him a sure bet, but the biggest promise we've had at a young quarterback since before Kevin Olson decided to be a terrible person. So I don't want to blow that. So I don't know what, what like, would you just play Van Dyke? Like, I don't know what we're supposed to do in this game. Did you RA Kevin Olsen? I did. That's on you. <laughs> That's, on you. <laughs> That's on you, Danny. You know, there were plenty of times where I had to, like, confiscate fake IDs and call, <laughs> like, the authorities. I didn't get to him. I wish I had. Oh. Maybe I could have helped him, but he was also did some really other questionable things. Um, but no, a lot of the people that were on the team were my residents, like Brad Kai and Lee Grozier, and they were both like really nice people. And I never really heard great things about Kevin Olson, but he also wasn't on campus very long. Kevin Olson was probably that guy who, if you had like a Heineken or a, a you had Pepsi in the fridge and there was one left, he would take it. He would just take it without. <laughs> And you're looking for it, and yeah, that's Kevin. He's Olsen. a he, he he's a great example of why like schools like North Carolina, like with their basketball team, like they're not going to play you a lot. Or Jim Laranega does that too. Like he, with the exception of Lonnie Walker, like he's not going to play you a lot your freshman year. You got to ease him into it because like, and there's nothing bigger than being a quarterback. So it'd be Miami's quarterback, which is a national well, program. Not only that. His brother's Greg Olson. Yeah, his brother's Greg Olson. Um, turns out, quarterback, a little harder, a little more attention than Olson was getting. Um, that was really disappointing, but it gave us Brad Kaya. Yeah. Yeah. No, I who, mean, go ahead, Danny. Who, who, who we would have won that Florida State game. He put the ball in Stacey Coley's hands, so he was clutch. I, I love how the announcers during that game said, like, oh, this is Michael Badgley. He's going to make – this is, like, a consecutive record of extra points made. You never say that. He they knew what they were doing. <laughs> left. Just shanks it right after. That's what we do. <laughs> well, luckily we had, the ma- we had some magic the following year. That was huge. That was huge. Yeah. And, and – uh... I, was the following in the Nicosi Perry game, or was no next year was Daryl Langham? Yeah, the Daryl Langham catch. I was in the student section of Florida State. I can't make this up. Really? Yeah. Was Dude, that talking? Shit. How, how did you did you sneak in? Did you like put tattoos on yourself? Did where? So, like, so this is the story of how it happened. I was at a frat party because I was visiting Florida State that weekend. Um, it was the big game. I even like skipped a class in college. Um, went to a frat party. We met a guy who was part of a fraternity. He said, yeah, you come on in, whatever. Um, 
took care of us. And so I was with my good friend, and he's not really a big fan of football at all. He doesn't give a shit about the game. He's there for the, the weekend, you know, Miami, Florida State. It's a party weekend. Like, you know, he's just there to party. And I'm there for, like, both, but more for the game. <laughs> so I'm like, shit, it's going to be game time in, like, 30 minutes. Like, I got to I gotta book it. Like, I got to go. I'm not missing, like, I hate missing, like, I need to watch the game from kickoff to, you know, all four quarters. I know, which is not the Miami way, so. You <laughs> you're were, right. you were, you're alone in the stadium most of the time. You're right. No, you're 100% right. So I actually meet, like, a former Florida State alumni who's actually a, a weatherman in, like, some small town in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I can't make this up. He's, like, a legit weatherman. I'm like, what's your, what do you do for a living? He's like, I'm a, I'm a weatherman. I was like, okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> cool. Sure. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he's like, where are you sitting? And I'm like, uh, and like the, I just show him my ticket, like, you know, BFE. Um, he's like, no, nah, come sit with me. I'm at the Florida State student section. And I'm like, okay, cool. But like, I'm not a, like, how do I get in? You know, because he's like, just look, just keep walking. Like, I got you. Just keep walking. So that's what I did. And we were right in front of, in back of the end zone. Um, and we were in the tunnel, like right next to the tunnel where Florida State was like, runs out during the game. We were right there. It was awesome, man. It was a great experience. So, how how are you still alive? Because I I was at Florida State games, like the Stacey Coley one, and I got trash talked everywhere I went. Like I would be urinating, and someone would lean over and be like, "I'll kill you," because you're wearing a Miami shirt. So how did how did you sit in the student section in Miami clothes and live? I think you just have like you got to pick your fights. You know what I mean? I mean, there's times where you just got to take it, play it off cool, like try to ignore people. You know, and just try to find other my. There were other Miami fans in the student section, believe it or not. Um, and I actually like kind of moved closer to them, so like we had our little group. You you had a refugee campus in the middle of it. You could all huddle up, protect each other from projectiles. We had a little group. I, we had a little a little space there, but no, I mean, there, you know, there was some shit talking, but I mean, Florida State fans are really not that bad. They're really not compared to other. No, it's the alumni. The no, no, I think students are not. The, I think the students are worse. I think the alumni are fine. I, I oh. just, I've been to a lot of college football games. I've interacted with a lot of fan bases. I, I don't think they're that bad. I really, I think they're pretty, pretty nice in my opinion. I think there's what no- I okay. What I will say, I got okay. I'm, I'm open to that. They just said a lot of mean things to me. So I hope you're right. It's just my one time experience, but I will say I did love Tallahassee a lot. That was a really cute town. I really, the campus is beautiful too. Tallahassee is a great college town. I, if I go to school there, I'd probably would have flunked out. I, I get it. <laughs> too fun. I go to school at Florida state. Now don't get me wrong. There's nothing else to do, but Florida state football. <laughs> That's really it. And party. But they have like, you know, like the brick building campus, they have a Northeastern feel to it. Um, so I, mean, I saw like country bunk, middle of nowhere, brick mon- brick buildings, Florida State football, <laughs> and, and beer, bush lights. <laughs> Literally, that that's what I saw there. I I I will say like my biggest. I was jealous when I went because I was like, oh, they can walk to their stadium. Exactly. I that this that, is amazing. <laughs> No, I love that. Wait, going out of the dorm or like an apartment and just walking to the game. That's what college football is about. Yeah. Like, I, you know, we would walk to Mark Light Field to see a baseball game. And that was so cool. 
when it was beautiful, you could see the skyline, like it was just like an amazing experience. Um, and if they were just stayed in the Orange Bowl, which was made in a suspect capacity, we're not really sure how Marlins Park came to be. There was a secret vote. Um, that would have been 15 minutes away. I could have called an Uber. Like it would have been great. But the way Florida State has a setup where they can just walk there, infinitely cooler. The cool thing about, you know, the Orange Bowl is set up in the Little Havana community. And, you know, you would just park your car in a random lot or a corner and just walk through the neighborhood. And, you know, just seeing the opposing team and the faces, it was like they were in a third world country. They didn't know where the hell they were. And, like, Little Havana is not dangerous by all means. It's just a it's it's a lower income community. It's up and coming. It's going to be in a great area now that Brickell has a huge influx of people coming in. Um, you know, prices are going to go up, but. I mean, it really was, I mean, home field advantage playing in that stadium. And, you know, it was an old stadium. Think about the visitor kind of locker room. Nobody takes care of that. Nobody furnishes that. <laughs> we had home field advantage because we made them change in a shitty room. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You get a nice furnished, you know, away locker room at Hard Screw, you get a You get an NFL away locker room. Come on. I mean, shit, man. That That's the home field advantage I miss. And I don't know. We'll see, Danny. We'll see about this upcoming season. I mean, how do you think we'll we'll play out? Uh, like you and I were talking about before, it's like the games I have circled. It's like Alabama's a toss-up. Michigan State, because we're at home, I think we can win, but that'll be a toss-up. But I think we can win because we're at home. And then it's North Carolina, because they are that good, and Howell's coming back. So I think the, like there is a realistic expectation that we, it is very possible we go 10-2. and two. And like last year, if Notre Dame didn't exist, have a shot at playing Clemson. My goal is to get to the ACC championship game and at least put up a good fight. That's my goal. I, it's going to be – I feel like what's going to happen is Clemson is going to play North Carolina and North Carolina is going to be Clemson. Really? You like Howell that much? Oh, man. I, I yeah. think Sam Howell is better than Spencer Rattler. It's definitely better than Mitch Trubisky. I loved Mitch Trubisky in college. I thought he was you, lo- you didn't love him. I mean, you you respected him, but you know he no. didn't he beat us. I I love great quarterback play because Miami has been awful, and when I see a good quarterback, I am envious of that. I am jealous that <laughs> programs can recruit people and they can do so much better than what we have, and it it really frustrates me. Yeah, I mean, North Carolina being better us at football is one of the hardest pills to swallow. They weren't bad. It, it hurts. Just night and day. <laughs> I mean, last year they were, for sure. It was literally night and day. How do you give up 800 total yards and lose by what, like 50? To a basketball school. Yeah, that that loss hurt the most. I expect to lose to Clemson, but that was like reality. Mac Brown. Who's your dad? Hey. What'd you call? Who's your daddy, Manny Diaz? Oh yeah, <laughs> seriously. I well, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for ten and two, and see how the AC title game goes, and then maybe win a bowl game. That that would be cool. I don't care if you go to the Sun Bowl for the third time. Let's just win this puppy. You know those uh, like what's that meme where it's like, hey, like, like I don't know where. Stanford fans, like, what's it like to do this? I don't know. We're Florida fans. It's like, what's it like to win a bowl game? I don't know. Like, we're, we're Miami fans. Like, it, you know, like it's what, what's it? What's it like to win the Duck Commander Bowl? I don't know. We're no, Miami we fans. Lose it every time. 
<laughs> What's it like to win the Russell Athletic Bowl twice? I don't know. Miami fans. Ugh, fuck, dude. It's it's been. I don't know. It, it's gotta be. It's gotta be fixed, and hopefully, like I said, man, if, if Manny isn't the right guy, this is basically a waste of time hiring him. There were no improvements then. Spent a lot of money to get him. From, bought not, out his Temple contract. God, he didn't. He doesn't even have like head coaching experience. Yeah, but you know, technically speaking, he was a successful defensive coordinator. Usually, that's the next step, or you go to a small school and head coach, like you said. But this is a route that is taken. It just feels like nepotism because he's Miami royalty. When in reality, he had a very successful tenure as our defensive coordinator to the point where Temple hired him, which ironically is where Al Golden came from. I really hope we don't create like a pipeline with Temple where we just keep <laughs> the Temple, but we are, we have two Temple coaches. It's like our minor league system. Like, okay, like Temple. Temple, our affiliation. So we'll just grab from them and then fire their coach. After <laughs> God, that would be just hilarious. Um, Danny, anything else you want to add to the fans you want to talk about that we have not spoken about? Um, I'm just... new. This is couple of Jacksonville. <laughs> Tampa. Oh, you're in Tampa. I thought you were in Jacksonville. I'm in, I'm in Tampa. Okay, okay. I was close, close, which is closer. That's close. That's good. That's close. Closer. That's good. Uh, uh, let me say a couple things. One, D.R. King, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. I love you, and you're my fave, and I believe in you. Uh, Leonard Taylor, you have my back, brother. Uh, you're going to be amazing. And um, Zach McLeod, I believe in you, buddy. Keep fighting the good fight. <laughs> also, I'm at Danny New TV, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you're listening, Zach McLeod. Danny New, gotta love him, man. Hopefully, maybe in the near future, you'll be uh, hearing a lot more of Danny New. Got some, uh, got some things behind the scenes. So, uh, Danny, we appreciate your time, man. Um, and hopefully, we get to have you on a lot more. Thank you, Paul. I hope so. All right. And this segment was presented by Bet Online, guys. I hope everyone has a great rest of the day. And always, all about the U. Go Canes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.